Great to see you this morning. Go ahead and be seated. We're going to get a little time in uh, the scriptures. You can go ahead and take out your Bible. Yes, sir. And I like the point that uh, that, that uh, Lane made that we don't need circumstances to be all all good for us to be feeling good. And uh, although I know for myself, I woke up this morning, I feel like I'm still kind of like waking up. My face hasn't quite gotten the message that, uh, that I'm awake. <laughs> I keep going, okay, face, we're awake now. <laughs> So anyhow, let's pray, and then let's uh, we'll get into the scriptures here a little bit. Sue's got a little fun uh, fun uh, exercise for right. us, and uh, we're gonna have some fun this morning. Uh, let's pray together. Father, thank you so so much for this beautiful rain. Father, I know that it, oftentimes rain means new beginnings, and, uh, and Father, so we look forward to a new beginning, Father. Even if we've been doing this thing called life for quite a number of years now, Father, we can always get a new start. Father, we can always uh, begin that, that relationship with you and that uh, really how we live our lives, how we move forward uh, again. And Father, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. Thanks so much for today. Thanks so much for a whole brand new day. Yeah. Thanks so much for a new start. Father, help us be attentive to your spirit this morning as, uh, as we listen to you and listen to one another, as we really try to listen to your word and, and uh, get you, grab hold of your inspiration. We love you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Okay, so if you didn't sign the pumpkin last week, we want to still know, if you were here with us last week with the girls, is three words that describe you that are, are gifts you feel like you offer. And we had a great time last week um, splitting up men and women for our service and being able to kind of, I don't know, I needed to kind of look at my little sheet of what people wrote on my back a couple of times. Anybody else need to look at the sheet that... Uh, things that people wrote yeah, on their back, just to be able to realize, oh yeah, I am pretty awesome in that area, but you know, sometimes thinking, thinking can get in the way, but anyway, so if you get, haven't yet, I want you to be able to still write down kind of the three qualities that um, describe you, because they're pretty awesome. Right, okay, I'm with Chandra's, empathetic, lover of learning, fighter for the underdog. Are those awesome qualities to describe you or what, yeah. you know? So um, anyway, so the girls can do that later, but... Just in the spirit of Halloween, I read this, I don't have copies for everyone, but um, being a Christian is like being a pumpkin. Yes. Okay, you guys ready for this? Okay. Sure. Dave, you ready for this? All right. God picks you from the whole patch and brings you in. Okay. John 15, you know, you're chosen, picked out by God. Okay, We're John 15. Then he washes all the dirt off of you. Okay. There's lots of passages about that. Acts 2, you know, 2 Corinthians 5 here talks about your new creation. Yeah. And then it says, and then he opens you up and he scoops out all the yucky stuff. Oh. He removes the seeds of doubt, mm. of hate, of greed, mm. and many other things. We're glad those seeds are ripped out of and he ripped those out. Romans 6, <laughs> just that our sin was crucified and buried with Christ and many other passages. And then he carves you a new smiling face. Oh. Right? And Psalm 71 says um, you, you're smiling and praising God because he set you free. Um, Psalm 71, verse 23. And then he puts his light inside you to wow. shine for all the world to right. see. Wow. Right? right? Matthew 5, 16, about being the light of the world. And the cool thing about a jack-o'-lantern is, you know when people do jack-o'-lanterns, everybody's face is different. Yep. Like some smiles are wicked goofy. Some smiles are just like really plain, crazy, and that's the cool thing is that we all have very different smiles and different personalities, but we still get to be lit up. Oh, yeah, I mean that in a really good way. 
okay? And so I want you to think about that, that that is the beautiful thing about us, is that, you know, on this Halloween days, you're looking at pumpkins out there when you're trick-or-treating, um, maybe two of you, and and you're out seeing the jack-o'-lanterns. I know when you see there's like a thousand jack-o'-lanterns in the square right now. It's so cool. Yeah. But, you know, you just go, yeah, I get to be lit up for Jesus, and it is an honor. So that's what I have to say. Amen. <laughs> Guys, you are the light of the world. See that a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, they put it on a stand so it can give light to the entire house and the entire world. And that's so much Jesus' vision for us, is to become those radiant, whole, healthy human beings that we can all become, you know, as we really get in rhythm. I love that that passage and that that message version, getting in rhythm with with God's ways. As we walk closely with Jesus, as we let him fit that, that yoke on us that's, uh, that, that fits. It's made especially for us. It's not made for somebody else. And so it doesn't give us blisters. It doesn't give us, you know, uh, doesn't give us, you know uh, muscle pain. It, it helps us because it's especially, especially made for us. So last week, you guys, we split up. Uh, the guys went to the conference room. We felt pretty executive in there. Yeah. We felt pretty, uh, pretty like on the, you know, kind of in the, uh, I don't know, but on the executive level. We we're all sitting around. We had these these really really comfy chairs. Yeah. And uh, and so that was kind of fun. We we uh, we did a lot. What the women did is we took out a piece of paper and we taped it to each other's back. I don't know, there's something about gray duct tape that just gets the guys going. <laughs> gets the guys excited. So here's mine. I had mine. And then, uh, you know, Dave, who has been in this last week, um, Dave and his wife, what's his wife's Mary. name again? Mary. He uh, said at the end, you know, because we asked the question, what are your strengths? What do you have to give? Because, you know, Peter talks about in, in, in Acts 3, you know, what I have, I give. So often we get focused on what we don't have. And that list is really long, how we're not enough. Yeah. How we can't change the world because because people are asking things of us that we don't have. And so what did Peter do when he when the guy asked him for money? He's like he's like, Well, I, I like him, he says, Hey, look at me. And I almost think he's going, Hey, look at me. Do I look like I have any money at all? He was probably more poorly dressed than the guy who was asking him for money. But um but uh, he said, But what I have I give. And so he said, in the name of Jesus, because Jesus had changed his life. And he'd come a long way, hadn't he, from those, from those first days with Jesus, where he was running scared, where he was trying to figure it all out. And so Peter learned that from Jesus. I don't have to worry about what I don't have. Yeah, I'm going to work on my weaknesses. I'm going to really try and grow in areas where I need to grow. Uh, but I'm really going to focus on my strengths and what I have. And what I have, I give. And so he wrote those things down on each other's backs like the women did. And then we talked about the generosity uh, principle in Luke chapter 6, that we can set that cycle in motion as we decide to give, that, that life and God and others start giving back to us. And not just in a little measure, but pressed down in a full measure. And so it's really up to us as to, as to uh, you know, this cycle of generosity, this cycle of giving. We get to start that in every interaction. We get to start that in our day as we get up and say, hey, I'm going to use my gifts to serve and to benefit others, and that cycle starts coming back to us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We start being blessed by that cycle that we've begun out of faith yeah. and out of putting, you know, out of really taking uh, Jesus and, and God in His Word. I like so uh, these are my these are my things I 
I uh, got online and it says basically it's just words like fest and <laughs> epic and awesome. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, the, those aren't on there. But I know everybody was tempted to put those on me. Like, you're epic, dude. No, but they did put some stuff on here that's pretty meaningful for me. Okay. <laughs> right, Chris will help me out with that. But um, anyway, I think it was, it was powerful. Yeah, yeah. So the back was, it was sort of like the. So the, so Dave, who came with Peter, he kind of at the end of it, he goes and he showed us the back of his. And he said, you know, even if we don't have anything really that we value that much, we still have God. And, and he had written God on the back of his card. Yeah. And I thought, that's kind of the point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we all have God. We all have Jesus. We all have the good news. We all have, you know, this incredible gift that God has given us. We all have the Spirit. And so we all have something to give. And it's just us stepping into that, into that mindset, into that life set, into that way of living, is to step into life as a giver. Because then we'll promise that life's going to be back to us. And so we wanted to have a little bit of time. Did you want to talk a little bit about what you guys talked about or... No, I'm good. I mean, that's exactly what we talked about and other stuff. And I, I, if you didn't get it, I, I did have a worksheet that everyone could have just to have some fun about finding their own voice. So if you weren't here, I'll give it to Crystal. And not to be outdone, I have my worksheet as well. <laughs> Discover your I am voice. And we gave those out. So if you'd like, if anyone, the guys would like one of those, they'd be up here. I do think what we realized is sometimes we believe more in other people and what we're writing on other people's yeah. backs than sometimes that we believe in ourselves. And I think that was a good, you know, kind of stinking thinking lesson to realize, like, wait a second. You know? Yeah. And we talked a lot about, too, that sometimes it's important to kind of put an invisible chair up of your younger self or your older self saying what they really think of you or talking to them because sometimes we got to be a better neighbor to ourselves yeah. about wow. our gift set and our mindset and how God, you know, who I am, mm. you know, for God, mostly right. in awesome. ourselves. So that was really helpful. Cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys get from it? What did you guys walk away? I know you, probably most of you didn't bring your car this morning. I did. Come on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get from that time as, we, as we're trying to really... Grab hold of this vision that God has for us. What, what, uh, what stood out to you last week? Yeah, please. I was encouraged because after 50 years on the planet and 30 years as a disciple, hmm. almost everything on the card I had already written on my list of things that I thought as gifts that I have. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was encouraged. Like, that's, that's a lot of growth. Mm. Mm. 30 years ago, I didn't think I had anything to come. Mm. Wow. That's awesome, Sean. That is so powerful. I love hearing, awesome. hearing Linda go, yeah, everything on my card is what I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on your card, do they have confident? Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Smile. Yeah. Great. I love that. Joyful. Joyful. Get into it. <laughs> What else? Yeah, Peter. Uh, one thing I took away is I can only give what I've got. Mm. So, you know, so and, and so actually, it's better if I give what I've got because I can look and you know, come to this one. Give so much strength. Mm. Yes, that's it. And, then, and it's, it's just I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded of that like multiple times a day mm-hmm. because I don't know there's something about life that seems to want to get me to focus on all the stuff I don't have, mm-hmm. and and so I. 
that list, that, that kind of list is just really helpful for me because I can just take it out and go, no, these things aren't just a figment of my own imagination or me just trying to cut myself up. These things are, are real in my life. It's great. See? Sue just mentioned, um, you know, sitting down with a chair across from you, like your older mm-hmm. child talking to you. And just, right. I looked at my list and I thought, man, I, like, I remember back to when I became a Christian. Like, I was baptized, like, out of the water. But I remember that night thinking, okay, now what do I want to do? What do I want to be? What does God want me to be? And I was encouraged because when I look at my list, you know, it's all words that back then, 30 years ago, I wanted to be committed. I wanted to be spirit-filled. I wanted to be open and honest. I wanted to be caring. I wanted to be joyful. Yeah. So now, 30 years later, a bunch of brothers wrote this on my back, and I was like, wow, God's done an amazing thing in 30 years. So when I was, before I was baptized, I was an introvert. I was quiet. I was like, minding my own business. You do your thing. I'm going to stay over here. So, very important. You know, we had to remember, too, is that Christians were writing on our backs, and Christians don't lie. <laughs> yeah, I remember that whatever people are writing down, it's like, Christians do not lie. So whatever is on your back that people see in you, you, you got to trust it, because we're trustworthy that are writing it. Yeah. Yeah, Pat, uh, I was thinking the same thing, that um, it's in my nature to uh, lie to myself and tell me everything that I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I need other people to tell me and people that are trustworthy and I need to, to learn to, to believe them because it's God's people. Um, but it's not my nature and so I mean, I've got to fight that all the time. Yeah, or so true. Constantly telling me who I am. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's awesome. So true. That's great. Yeah, right. Uh, when I went home, I was actually anxious to see what was written on my wife's card. Yes. We had a very similar card. You guys think we're very childish. <laughs> <laughs> But I think one of the coolest parts for me was when we were looking at um, Luke 10 last week. Like the the guy was looking at how do I get to heaven very formulaically, and I'm an accountant. I looked at everything for me formulaically. Couldn't say it twice in a row. Um, and if you have a five times grade, you're going to heaven. If you Sin today, you're not going to heaven. If you don't have your quiet time, you're not going to heaven. Like, that's just how my brain works. Mm, And honestly, the most impactful part of the lesson was like, that's not how Christianity is. It's about being loved today. It's not about how I need to act today to get to heaven someday. Mm. That's so so good. It's it's so much the way we all think, isn't it? Or many of us think it's kind of in that kind of. What must I do? You know, kind of that formula. Give me the formula, and I'm, and I'm safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's really true. Jesus wasn't about that. It was, it was about something totally different. That's great. That's great. Anybody else? Robo. It's the robo. Yeah, it's the robo. Right. It's the robo. It's kind of tr- earnestly trying to do it on our own, on our own strength, or harnessing the strength of God to uh, to to go to go where we want to go. And I think it's interesting that a couple of people already mentioned how, um, you know, how that was your vision. That was kind of your dream when you were uh, when you were growing up or when you were first coming coming to, to Christ. That was your dream to become those things. And I know we, we're all on a journey. It's not like we've, we've perfected those things, but it, it really is affirming that 
wow, God's doing something. God's working on us. And, and that promise of Matthew 11, that as we walk in the way, that we change. And it may not be like we see it all the time, but over time, it's real. And it's happening. And God is doing his thing. Because we keep kind of watering and cultivating that, that spirit and that, those seeds that he's put in us. Um, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk about a little bit this morning, and we are going to start really kind of working through the book of Acts. The, um, the, the kind of the format of the book of Acts is found in Acts chapter 1. And, uh, and Jesus says, he says, let me turn to Acts chapter 1, he says, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, in verse 8, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so basically, that's how the, that's how the book of Acts is formatted. The story of the book of Acts. It's Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And so you kind of have the, 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 the chapters, you know, 1 through 7 is, is Jerusalem and what's happening in there. And as the church starts to, starts to grow, it starts to, starts to form, uh, starts to, starts to uh, mature. And, uh, and then you have uh, Acts, uh, you know, 8 through 12, which is about Judea and Samaria. And you start meeting people like Simon, you know, who Philip met. Or Peter, Peter met, and, and you start meeting the guy like the Ethiopian eunuch. You start meeting people like Paul. You start kind of connecting with their story. One of the things we're going to do next week in our life team services that we have in the first Sunday of every month is we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to read Acts eight and nine, and we're going to uh, talk about our own story. Like how did how did we come to faith? If our story was in the book of Acts, and so many of our stories could be because they're remarkable. They're, they're crazy. They're awesome. They're, they're, they're an obvious, you know, God working in our lives. But what's your story? Because it's all as much important as the Ethiopian story or the, uh, you know, Simon's story or Paul's story or Lydia's story or the Philippian jailer's story. Whoever that might be through the book of Acts, there's so many great stories of real people that really live. Some we know their names, some we don't, but they inspire us. And just another example of how God works with people. But we wanted to talk, ask you a little bit. I know we gave the, the homework for the guys as uh, you know to read Acts three, four, five, six, and seven. So it's kind of a big chunk of homework. And so, uh, and so, we, but we wanted to ask the question: How is that? How is that definition of love and action? That definition of love. What I have, I give. Is that a great definition of love? To love your neighbor is, hey, what I have, I give to my neighbor. I'm generous with it. I share it with them. You know, what I have, I give to my roommates. You know, I'm generous with it. I, I you know, I, I share it with them. Um, what I have, I, I, I give. That's such a, such a great and approachable definition of love and action. And so in Acts, we see these massive, you know, workings of God. But what we mostly see is the interactions of regular people who are trying to live out God's vision for their life and trying to use their gifts to serve. What I have a gift. And the miracles that come from that. And I wanted to ask you guys, is there anything that stood out to you in those chapters? Uh, you know, as we're starting to read through the book of Acts... Um, is there anything that stood out to you in those chapters that was an expression of 
love in action, of using your gifts to serve. Does anything anybody saw in those? Yeah, Rob? I think uh, one of the early things was the understanding that a lot of the people who were here weren't necessarily residents of Jerusalem, right? They might have still been kicking around. Mm, right. Some say they were there for Pentecost. Yeah. Not come home yet. Mm. So there was this huge influx of uh, people in town yeah. that had only planned on being there for a very short period. Yep. Um, but I think it just it became an interesting community because those people were probably being taken care of. And you can see that some people who had means, you know, gave even more. I think, you know, some people sold land or just gave, mm. you know, it says there's not a needy person among, among them. And those are, those are some pretty big ticket type things that, you know, there's some serious caring going on for basically strangers, right? Mm. Who yep. would have been strangers like a couple weeks beforehand. And now you're selling their house and right. you know, this huge crowd of people. Uh, right. It's just uh, something sparked people, right? To be able to uh, give that generous and give them what they have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you see that, especially through those early chapters in the book of Acts, you see them sh- sharing their possessions. And if anyone had a need, that they gave to that need. It was just kind of a beautiful thing. It was very, it was a very, um, I don't know, organic, authentic. It seemed like it wasn't sort of a program. It was just more of a, more of a, hey, you need something? I got, a, I got, I got two of them. And it's interesting because it's such an expression of, of the things that we see Jesus teaching. You know, if you have two tunics, give somebody one. You know, if, if you have something, you know, go ahead and share it because you don't need that many. And, uh, and so it's kind of cool to see that that coming to life in the Book of Acts. It's great. Yeah, Pat. I, I was reminded that there's there's a pattern that follows how Jesus taught in that he met a physical or emotional need, mm. and then there's a message that follows that. And in almost every situation, there's a cycle that there's persecution that follows mm. in the early church. And so I think after the, probably the second time, the guys are starting to see a pattern that they know. Something's going to happen after they do something good. Mm. So, it's, you know, they, they know that they need to be hospitable and they have to take care of the need, but they know that it's going to end in something that's not going to be Yeah, it's so true. It's crazy. Even the first seven chapters, how many times the apostles are in jail? Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of go, why? And guess, why is it that the world kills the Gandhis and the Robert Kennedys and the Martin Luther Kings? And the Jesuses and the apostles, the Stevens, the James. Gosh, it just whew, it feels it, I, I get goosebumps when I think about that. But it's crazy how the world, the darkness, has such a reaction to to the life, to the good news. Even though it seems so good to others, it's 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 uh, it's not inspiring to some. But that shouldn't surprise us, like you're saying. It's really true. So even as we're trying to give sometimes, I think that's a, that's an issue because sometimes we're trying to give in a way that people don't really want to receive it. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not them being down on you. That's not them saying you're a bad person. I mean they might say that. But what 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 it's really saying is that there's there's a disconnect there. And, and it's something that in some ways oftentimes we've just got to work something out in their lives. And, and but we're gonna face that. <clears throat> We're going to face that as we're trying to share the good news, as we're trying to use our gifts to help other people. Mm-hmm. That pushback. Anything else? Yeah, 
I mean, it's interesting how the apostles were healing people, and people were like, wow, and they were bringing, they were sort of afraid to come to them, but they really saw something that was powerful, different, you know, that, that you know, the apostles that they decided to bring in there, and really making an impact on them. You know, yes. To the point where people were willing to, you know, get persecuted, or like, you know, the power right. couldn't do anything, because like, you know, it really upset the people to do something like that. Right. <clears throat> Isn't it weird how people get upset when other people are healed? Like, that, doesn't, that does not make logical sense. Wow, you were sick, now you're healed, and so now I'm upset. But I guess it is that the powers that be don't like to see the way of Jesus actually working in real life and actually people getting better. And I think that's where, um, again, it's just something we've got to open our eyes to and, and, and see. Because we want to be healed, don't we? All the different stuff that we need to be healed from, and but it's but it's but it's tough sometimes in engaging. Yeah. I think uh, for me the, the thing that struck me most is when the believers prayed in Acts four. They the first half of the prayer was validating the threat they were up against. I mean these guys, like you said, these guys have been prison most of the book of Acts at this point. They've been <laughs> flogged once or twice at this point, like they're and they in their prayer they validate that threat and then they don't pray for the threat to go away they pray for boldness to face it yeah. which is not the heart I have yeah. it's just not, I've never had that heart uh, honestly I don't want that heart I just don't want to be um, yeah, maybe that's because I'm childish um, but I think in that again it talks about the next sentence after that it talks about like and stretch out your hand to bless those around us so that they can come to find you. And that is not a prayer I pray either. I pray God bless me. Like, I don't pray God bless the strangers in my life. God bless my coworkers. Like, that, that's not a prayer that I pray. And I, like, that's really powerful. It's just that they had an amazing heart about both challenges and blessings that I don't, that I don't have. Yeah, different perspective in that. It's a really different perspective. It's not a perspective of fear and insecurity. It's a perspective of faith and security and strength. And that's what we can have in Christ. But but, it, but we've got to hang around Jesus to get that spirit. Because it's so unlike the world around us. The world around us is so fearful and so insecure and so unbold. Except when it comes to things like money and possessions and prestige. But everything else, it's kind of like, let's put under a bowl. And so we got to go back to Jesus. So there's three things we just wanted to talk about real quick. And one of them Sue already mentioned about, it's, it's cool in, in, in the Passion version of uh, Acts chapter 4. It talks about when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note of the effect, the Jesus effect, that, the effect that people, Jesus had on people. Guys, here's the thing. You want to become bold? Hang out with Jesus. You want to become stronger on the inside, heart, soul, mind, body? Hang out with Jesus. You want to live the life that you were meant to live, that you were designed for? Hang out with Jesus as much as you can. Walk in His Spirit. Walk in His Word. Internalize the stories of the Gospels. Internalize Jesus' words to you. He is the ultimate coach. He's the ultimate guide. He's the ultimate person, friend, brother to lead us through the dark times. There's nobody better. And Jesus makes himself available to us in so many different forms. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Yeah. 
through his word, through through the, the church. And it's so important that we have that Jesus effect in our own lives. Sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's tough, sometimes it demands a lot of us. But that's okay, because Jesus has our best interests in mind. Yeah. He is gentle and humble at heart. He won't take us beyond what we can bear. He won't put us into situations that we can't handle. Mm-hmm. He's going he's gonna to train us and help us and influence us to become the healthiest, best version of ourselves. In honor and glory of God. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And it's just like that pumpkin. Jesus is working on us, cleaning up the inside, putting his light, his light in us, relighting it. And letting, us, and letting that crinkly face shine out to the world. And, uh, and that's powerful. Second thing. When you read through the book of Acts, even in the first seven chapters, you see that God uses his greatest gifts to serve. God leads the way. Jesus leads the way. How has God used his gifts to serve you? He's given you everything. He's given you life. He's giving you redemption. Mm-hmm. He's giving you reconciliation. He's giving you his spirit. Yeah. He's giving you his community. He's giving you his, his words of guidance. Mm-hmm. And now he's calling for all of us to step into that. But God isn't asking us to do anything more than he hasn't done a million times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Mm-hmm. God has given us so much. And we're going to read a passage here in just a moment for communion about that. But God, God is a giver. God so much loved the world that he gave. He didn't condemn, didn't judge. He stooped down, stoops down in his heart. And to the degree that we can internalize again the benevolence and the grace and the love and the belief of our Creator God, the more we step up, the more boldness we feel, the more alive that we feel. It's, it's powerful. So that's number two. And then number three, that I just wanted to underline, is in Acts chapter 7, they face a difficulty. I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 6, they face a difficulty. And that difficulty was that the that the um, that that some of the some of the uh, uh, the widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Mm-hmm. And so what Peter Essen says is, hey, it wouldn't be right for us to neglect our gifts to attend to this need. So he says, choose seven men among you who are known for their being full of Holy Spirit and wisdom, and let's get have them use their gifts to serve. Mm-hmm. It's such a great example. And so, so they choose seven, and and these guys become the pumpkin that shine brightly in this need to help out in the daily distribution of food. Mm-hmm. And it was guys like. It was, it was incredible people like uh, Philip and Procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Par, Par, Parmenas and Nicholas. And then there was Stephen. What an awesome dude. Stephen reminds me a lot of Peter, Leap. Because it's interesting because Stephen was known for his, his ability in the community to organize and to handle this administrative Responsibility. You know, let's get the distribution of food so it's it's helpful, it's equitable, it's working. So he's chosen for that. But in his heart, what was Stephen? He was a preacher. Mm-hmm. He was a teacher. And he loved getting up and talking about it. You know, on Monday night we're having a board meeting. Who's who's the president of our board? Well, it's Peter Leaf. Yeah. 
But you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, you know we're going to have a sermon on uh, we're going to have a lesson on Acts chapters you know ten eleven ten through thirteen. And who's going to be preaching that one? Peter. And he loves that stuff. But it's I love that Peter, as many of us are using our gifts to serve. And we're using our gifts to, to not just do kind of one thing. Well, a lot of us have a lot of gifts. And we're sharing it. And we see that Stephen wasn't, didn't do this, didn't do this uh, <clears throat> reluctantly. It was all hard. Even to the point where, what happens? Jesus stands up at the right hand of God. And he says, that's my man. Why? What I have, I give. Isn't that powerful? Stephen was reflecting Jesus in that simple statement that what he had, he used to give his community, his neighbors, speaking the truth to, to his, his culture and to his society. And it reminds me a lot, guys, of, of all of us. We honor God when we, Ephesians 4, 16, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I love it because in a minute, in a little bit, um, uh, Jesse's going to come and she's going to share about how to prepare uh, in, in mental health for the winter months that come. And guys, we got not only rain and clouds, and as you guys know much better than we do, we got a lot of other things coming. Storms are coming. Yeah. Storms are coming. Are we ready? Because it's going to test our foundation mentally. Emotionally, physically, it's going to test our, 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 our foundation. Spiritually, it's going to test our foundation. But I love Jess because she's using her mess to be her message. She's using the test that she's gone through to be her testimony. Right. You know, she's she's a uh, she's turning the challenges that she's been through to now be able to bless us. That's right. And isn't God faithful? Because. Jesse's experiencing some of the greatest blessings that she's ever felt in her life, and she'll share about that. And I think it's that cycle of generosity. Yeah. And it's powerful. God promises it for us. So in Acts chapter 5, we're going to share about uh, our... We're going to take communion here in just a moment. But um, it says in Acts chapter 5, in, uh, starting in verse 31, it talks about God being the giver. Verse 31 says, God exalted him to his own right hand, his prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. God is extremely generous. God is so much on our behalf. Let's celebrate. Let's rejoice. Let's fast. Even just for a moment as we take communion, it represents the giver, the greatest giver of all, God himself. Let's pray and let's enjoy communion together. Father in heaven, what can we say? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. You've given us what we don't deserve. You've uh, gone through extreme sacrifice and pain to, to love us in spite of us. Father, you've given us even all the things that we wrote down in our papers as our gifts. Father, you, they're from you. And Father, we want to give them back to our community. We want to give them back to our neighbors. We want to share them with the world around us. Father, even if, even if they don't necessarily understand what we're doing, 
But Father, help us through communions to become givers of. Pray this in Jesus' name.